0: Scouser here with Matt Howell? On this episode of the first run, Matt and I are going to head back over to nowhere and catch up with what is... I think Matt was at one point the surprise of the MCU, given the success and how good that first Guardians of the Galaxy film was, Matt. Well, it's the end of the long and winding road. It's the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Promised to be the final film featuring the cast we all know and love. We'll talk about Matt if it's a fitting send-off for our, what, I guess, MCU's most endearing outcasts. Then the Heist Marathon continues with the beloved Italian Job featuring Michael Caine. But we're talking obviously like the OG. There's not a Wahlberg in sight on this one. Then there's the uh, Sweet and Engaging rundown of the big releases on physical media featuring your streaming and straight-to-DVD picks of the week. And then Maddie and I are going to close out the show with our – I'm assuming James Gunn is is in the middle of this if he hasn't already made up his mind – the casting of his DCU reboot not only we'll we be focusing on the Trinity, we'll be throwing some other characters in as well. So, uh, man, I gotta tell you, I'm a little nervous. I've updated my setup. Things are in different places, and I'm very, very nervous about it, so we'll have to see how this goes. But uh, let's start everything off with a clip from Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3.
1: Your friend once took advantage. I learned my lessons. I aimed some small part of my mental capacity back in my own direction and now gravity itself serves my whims. You must find Counter Earth familiar. Counter Earth? I visited your planet many years ago. Earth hasn't been my planet in a long time. Your people had wonderful spirit. Mm. The art and music and literature were some of the finest in the universe. Earth. Would be a fabulous place were it not for the ignorance and bigotry. Okay. It inspired me to create counter us. I don't care. All of the good and none of the bad.
0: I don't need another speech by some impotent whack job whose mother didn't love him, rationalizing why he needs to conquer the universe.
1: I'm not trying to conquer the universe, I'm perfecting it. Oh, well,
0: if that's the plan, then I guess who am I to stop you? You Nazi prick. Anyway. <laughs> Matt. What is
2: Guard- though? I guess we got a little teaser there. What is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three all about? Yeah, I don't know how much how I'm going to syn- you know make a synopsis for this without kind of spoiling it, but I'll do my best. Okay. So um, it's after the events of Endgame. Everybody's kind of down, especially Peter Quinn. Qu- Jesus, especially Peter Quill, in the dumps, still missing Gamora. They've taken over nowhere as their kind of base of operations for the guardians of the galaxy. When Adam Warlock attacks and mortally wounds rocket, when they try to fix him, they find out that he's a bit of proprietary technology and without certain codes and and procedures, they can't fix him. So they go looking for his maker, the high evolutionary. So I was wondering about this, like, I remember, was it
0: the Evolutionary Wars? Was that the storyline? that uh, I think he he popped up before that, I believe, in some other capacity. But I remember there was that time, that that comics run there. But is he, like, human? Is he an alien? Like, what's his story? Do you know?
2: I don't know that much about the high evolutionary, I have to say. I'm not really sure. And I didn't bother to look it up. All right. That's fair. You know, that's kind of how we do things around here. So I'm not (laughs) going to sweat it.
0: So, man, I, I pulled our earlier review. So, the original film we did was with Dave. You weren't here, actually. Okay. And as I started to play the audio, I couldn't really find where we gave a grade, and it got me so upset and depressed listening to the show with Dave that I just, you know, I'm not going to bother doing this. So, I don't have a grade, but we both gave Guardians 2 an A-. Now, I mm. confess, I'd probably give it a
2: B, B-plus now, in retrospect. I would agree with that. I think it's still, it's still pretty good, but on repeat viewings... It's a little uneven. So
0: there you go. Well, How about this time? Does Gunn wrap things up all perfectly with a bow? Are we going out on a high note? What are your thoughts on Guardians 3?
2: Weirdly, I think we were all kind of going into this expecting the worst for a lot of these characters. And, you know, it's been pretty well known that for most people, they are not coming back. We know Bautista not coming back. Yep. I don't know if Palm Clementif is coming back. I don't know if Karen Gillan is coming back mm-hmm. or or Zora Saldana. But weirdly, with all of the kind of, I guess, tear-jerking scenes, the emotional scenes, the kind of all the downbeat kind of stuff, this ends in a place that's oddly hopeful and a little bittersweet. And I think this has gone really pulling the heartstrings really kind of emotionally manipulating you. I think there's a lot of for sure. kind of dramatic moments that you don't really necessarily see that everybody seems pretty game for um, whether it's kind of a big emotional thing or if it's something more subtle. And I think overall, I think this really works. I think this is a pretty effective outing and I think I enjoyed it quite a bit. I've the more I sit with it, the more I end up liking it. So I'm curious to see what you think.
0: Yeah, well, my initial thoughts were basically, well, damn. Like After that lackluster Christmas special, I confess, <laughs> too, I had real reservations for this. And I know we talked a little bit about it last week, about him doing Superman Legacy. And I feel like this was going to be a real test mm. to see if I think he can pull that off. Because, so you will, Guardians has been a fun little franchise, but Superman's the OG. He's the big daddy and for some reason, they have not been able to do him right for quite a while now. I still don't understand what the issue is. It's pretty basic on how to handle him. But for, for some reason, they just can't seem to nail it. And I feel much better about all of that now. I think that gun balances this film mostly really well it may i think maybe just a little too focused on emotional engagement at times and makes the big action set pieces feel maybe a little underdeveloped for me a little underwhelming Uh, but that's not the story he's telling here right he's focusing more on a story about friendship and family and love and personal growth and grief And uh, uh, he covers all those emotions. And now he has a lot of things to say about certain kind of, I don't know, he's making some morality statements here, right? I think he's tackling thoughts about fascism and the white supremacy and the big thing too being animal testing and general cruelty towards animals. And I think these are some big, broad brushstrokes, Matt, but I think for the most part, they all blend really well. And I was impressed by the film's darkness. Not in its palette but in its scenes i mean there are some truly unsettling moments in this film and not just the disturbing i think monster designs and of course the big reveal of the high evolutionary at the end of the film right but just just the the treatment i think the core treatment of animals and what we do as a society to them and uh i know this is some crazy whacked out kind of superhero stuff but how we treat animals is just terrifying. It's horrible, horrible. On you know, and it's it was really interesting how we really leaned into that hard. I mean, he gets to make his own version of the island of Doctor Moreau here, and uh, I think it's pretty damn successful.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily any of it's particular preachy, and maybe it's a little manipulative, but um, overall, I liked what everybody was putting down. I mean, of these main principal characters between rocket and quill and Drax and Mantis, which one did you, are you think you're going to miss the most as we go forward?
0: Well, I think, Hmm. So I, I'll be honest with you, man, I almost cried two or three times watching this film, mm-hmm. but it was always focused. I think on the, uh, you know, when we get rockets origins, mm-hmm. that's when gun really just, beats the hell out of you with this big club full of emotion and sadness and and engagement and stuff so that's probably when the film's at its most manipulative but it's also very very well done and in the end it's probably rocket i think bradley cooper's performance as rocket in this film is fantastic and he really nails it and then you that you have to give credit to to the uh, animators that as well to really make that come across as believable as it is, paired with Cooper's truly, I think, grounded emotional performance in this when he's dealing with, you know, his origins, who he is, the family that he lost, the family that he's found. And uh yeah, it's I probably would gonna you know it's it's gonna be Rocket for sure.
2: Do you think that we see of of those, I feel like Rocket is some a character we could see again. I mean obviously it's not a big I lift guess for I, Cooper. I, maybe, maybe I misunderstood your question. I think
0: that it, for the characters who were definitively not coming back, I guess then, mm. I guess maybe I was focusing more on what my favorite performance in the film was. Sure. Um, it, it would be Batista, I'd imagine. Because we know it looks like Quill's coming back. That yeah. pras- pras- They have that big thing at the end that's you know, the legend of star Wars War Tournament, which I believe is actually a direct homage to to a storyline or a limited series featuring peter quill okay. um, when he leaves the guardians and has his own kind of personal discovery adventure type thing mm-hmm. but uh yeah no i'd probably be uh bautista Um Palm's great too right but and uh, karen gillian his nebula is always fun but she potentially will be around i mean everybody else i think I don't think anybody else has definitively said, "Yeah, no, this is it for us, mm. for me." Right? I think Batista is the only one who said that. You know that is I've seen online has been so definitive. Yeah, that his time is over, and part of it too, I think, is just that he just can't do it anymore. At least maintaining that shape, yeah, doing all that stuff, you know, because he's
2: not he's not a kid like uh you know like you. Right. Of course. You know, I I think. I wouldn't be surprised if this may be the last time we see Zoe Zaltana or Gamora for a while. Probably. That felt like a pretty definitive capper as well. What do you think of Warlock? It almost felt like they were just, it seemed like almost like a, a waste to introduce him.
0: Yeah. Well, isn't the whole thing, was he created to kind of fight Thanos? Was not that his kind of whole deal that he was crafted in a cocoon to be able to withstand the... Uh... And yeah, I know
2: he was created to be like a perfect being, like a perfect weapon kind of thing. But I don't know yeah. if it was to fight Thanos or not. I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Either way. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. I think Poulter is fine as Adam Warlock. I think that he does a reasonably good job there of capturing some, basically, not that he's an infant, but he's a child in this kind of superhero's body, kind of growing and learning as he goes. Mm-hmm. Um I but I think he was underutilized and underused. At one point I th- I almost thought that Gunn was going to lose track of him mm-hmm. at one point, but he thankfully he doesn't. But he he almost feels kind of tacked on. He's more at times plot device than he is I think a fully realized character unfortunately. I I would like to have him to have had a long a, a larger role. I thought maybe he would have some actual like on screen moment when he realized who he is and what he really wants to fight for and that you know that the uh high evolutionary had betrayed him and now he's on board with fight. But no, he just kinda just continues to do his own thing and then then he's a guardian at the end.
2: Right. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know really how I felt about him. I thought he was fine, but I I don't really don't know what's next for Never mind the broader MCU, but um, the kind of cosmic side of the MCU. This feels like it's almost like this is it, and they're going to move pretty far away from a lot of that stuff. And I, I mean, especially I think after the Marvels comes out later in the year, that that seems like that's going to be like like it for the cosmic stuff for a little bit. You think so?
0: I would feel would be. I thought we were going to have Secret Wars, which was going to be some kind of multiverse type thing, mm-hmm. and then I don't know if we're going to get. You know, Kang's a big thing, but who knows? how that's going to all shake out now. Things are not looking good for your boy there, Jonathan May. Oh, he's my boy now? (laughs) I've never liked the guy whatsoever. Never. You'll never hear me praising him in this show if you look back at the old episodes. Sure, right. (laughs) But, um, I don't know. I mean, Galactus is coming at some point, right? Right. Uh, I'm not going to get more cosmic than Galactus. Yeah. Surfer, Fantastic Four.
2: Yeah, but that's, that's, you know, that's, what, three, four, five years away at this point? That's like a, yeah. an eternity in MCU time. That's we'll true, go through yeah. like two, three phases from there. That's fair. Yeah, we got to get through the whole Kang stuff first. You think they're just gonna recast? I think they're just gonna recast, right? You I mean, that's the beauty of version. of of having a multiversal character. Just pick somebody else. It's just another yeah. version, or they just pull a roadie, just replace him, Don't mention it, and just move on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear a lot. Majors is what is his uh his agency dropped them.
2: Yeah, that's so, bad. If your if your agents and your PR firm drop you, they know that that's something. There's a storm coming that they can't spin. Yeah. What a horrible person!
0: All right, let's let's get back to Guardians Three. Um, Matt, a couple other issues I had needle drops. Yeah, I would give it a B on the needle drops this time. I would previously I would have gone a little higher, but yeah. um, they not all of them hit as well, and a couple of them I think were one or two of them were bad. Mm. But uh, overall, I think it was still pretty strong. But I would give the needle drops a B on this one.
2: Yeah, there's not as many, and I don't know if it's because I was alive when some of these came out, or I was a young man, or a a late teenager, or whatever. They didn't really seem as classic or as timeless as some of the other ones Mm -hmm. that we've gotten are, or and even some of the ones that were the deeper cuts. Like I, I couldn't, I didn't even know what it was, so it didn't have any kind of resonance to me.
0: Yeah. And then, um, so we talked about Adam Warlock. What about Cosmo? I loved Cosmo.
2: Yeah, I thought Cosmo was great. I thought the running joke of, of she being a bad dog was, was a fantastic little running gag. I loved that.
0: And voiced by Maria Bakalova, uh, from the latest, um, Borat, not mm-hmm. Borat, but the, uh, it was a Borat yeah, movie. Yeah, it was What's a Borat wrong? movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, trying yeah, yeah. to pull the actor's name, the uh, comedian's name, but uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't want to just call him Borat. That's just kind of rude. He's more than that, but uh, yeah. And then a bunch of his other people show up in this one, too. You got your boy Nathan Fillens in this, right? Linda Cardellini shows up, which is fun. Um, Michael Rosenbaum... Rhett Miller is in this. Seth Green voices Howard the Duck, in case mm-hmm. you're wondering who that was. Okay. Michael Rooker does make an appearance, though, um, through kind of a, well, not, you know, whatever. Don't want to ruin it for you. Michaela Hoover, I believe, was in Suicide Squad or The Suicide Squad, uh, played Ratcatcher. She's in, oh, that's Dana Melacore. That's Dana Melacore. I think that's her. Either one, one of them is uh, Ratcatcher. She's in this as well. He, he, he likes his people, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I appreciate that. I mean, so much so that Jennifer Holland shows up as mm-hmm. one of the administrators at Orgo Court, yep. who's his wife, and she uh, plays a much larger role in the uh, DCU. So, uh, And Judy Greer was War Pig, which I absolutely adored oh, really? in the credits. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, a bunch more stuff in here as well. Uh, what else, Matt? Everything else for you here? Oh, here's one little note I wrote down. The film didn't seem to kind of have the swagger that the first film did and maybe to a lesser extent the second one but i think that's because he's going for more emotional resonance this time out what are your thoughts on that
2: yeah i agree i think the whole point is you know despite all the great things that these people have done that emotionally they're just kind of worn out and beat down so they don't have any swagger left they're doing what they have to for each other but it's not really like the bravado because they don't really need it anymore
0: Yeah, and one of my favorite scenes from the film is the clip that we used when Pratt's character is like, yeah, yeah, I I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, there's some good deliveries in there. Uh, Matt, I'm going to give Guardians 3 an A-. Yeah,
2: I'm going to give it an A- as well. So I think looking at our list, I guess that means Guardians 1 is an A, Guardians 2, I'll say B+. And then this will be an A-. minus. So the real question is, is that with our new list, does this now move into the top 10? I think it does. I don't know if it moves into the top five.
0: That's interesting. So I, I'm going back and forth. So I actually originally thought Guardians 2 was better than the first film. Really? Yeah. I okay. think I did say that. I don't know if I still feel that way. And I think the first one is probably the most fun of the bunch. Mm-hmm. But this one, I felt, had the, most, had the largest impact. This was the most, as I think I've used it a few times, the most emotionally resonant film of the series. Mm-hmm. And uh, it touched me in a, in a, in a, in a you know, really deeply. And I think that's too because I'm also, you know, I am, I'm very focused on animals and how we treat animals and stuff. So that's a real kind of a big thing for me. Um, so I'm looking at my list on Letterboxd right now, and I have the first Guardians at four. Yep. And then where do I have part two then? So I guess I didn't have it higher than that.
2: 13 and. If we're using the same list, which I thought we agreed to do. We
0: have a first run list. And we have a yeah. personal list. Yeah. yeah. So I have it at, yeah, I have it at one four eight nine eight nine ten. uh My 11, my personal list was at an 11 after far from home and before black Panther.
2: Hmm. I don't, <sighs> what do you have at 10? What do you have at 10? Far from home. Oh, okay. Is it better than
0: iron man? Where's uh, do I have the? Let me see if I have this, the first run list. Oh, wait, no, I think what it is, I, I made my list the first run list. Okay. Which means we agreed to have it at 11, volume two. I thought, hmm, we'll have to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's good right I have folks. no idea.
1: <laughs> i i
0: wasn't prepared to do this part now matt so i have no absolutely no idea i don't know i have to really th- think about it. i think too it's worth revisiting this list from time to time as well because yeah. opinions do change over time so what i put it in the, i mean i would edge it in front of volume two for sure i i don't know matt this may break my top 10 i'll have to sit on that
2: i don't have an answer for you folks
0: what about you? Is it going to break your top
2: ten? I think so. I mean, so right now, my personal top ten, I've got event the first Avengers and then Iron Man. I think I would, I think I would move. I think I'd keep Iron Man at eleven, and then I'd move Avengers to like twelve, and I'd put this at ten. Okay. Interesting. All right. But I blow up the list because I I move all the Spider Mans and. Thor Ragnarok way higher than I think you do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I do like the Ragnaroks and I enjoy the Spider Mans. I think my, my one is still No Way Home. Mm. The last the last Spider Man film, my two is Winter Soldier and Ragnarok is three. Yeah. So Alright. We'll figure that out someday. Add it to the list of things that I want to do that I never eventually get to.
2: Well, you gotta you gotta put in more. We got to wait till there's a few more films in there before we truly really start messing with the list, right?
0: That's true. That's a good point. All right. Anything else? How do you feel? I'm, I feel better about Superman Legacy now. Did you have there any reservations like I did? Do you even really care?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge Superman fan. So, like, I don't think he's like this uh, Jesus of a comic book character that you do that, you know, you really can't mess with kind of thing, or you really could mess it up. I still will be curious to see the tone, if he can get mm-hmm. the tone right, because to me, Superman has to be a Boy Scout. And I have really not seen a gun film like that yet.
0: Yeah. Well, he says he's trying the cat. We'll get to this in this in the final segment, but he's looking for a younger Chris Pratt type. Mm-hmm. So, and I can see that. But we'll talk about that when we get there, Matt. A minus is across the board. Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 3 is currently available in theaters. I'm sure it'll be in Disney Plus in about what two months. If you had a chance to see it, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us an email at feedback at the first run.com. Matt, let's spend a few minutes to talk about what's coming up on physical media this upcoming Tuesday, May 16th. This first clip is actually a warning.
1: In the endless reaches of the universe, there once existed a planet known as Krypton, a planet that burned like a green star in the distant heavens. There, civilization was far advanced and it brought forth a race of supermen whose mental and physical powers were developed to the absolute peak of human perfection. But there came a day when giant quakes threatened to destroy Krypton forever. One of the planet's leading scientists, sensing the approach of doom, placed his infant son in a small rocket ship and sent it hurtling in the direction of the Earth just as Krypton exploded. <laughs> The rocket ship sped through star-studded space, landing safely on Earth with its precious burden, Krypton's sole survivor. A passing motorist found the uninjured child and took it to an orphanage. As the years went by and the child grew to maturity, he found himself possessed of amazing physical powers, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. The infant of Krypton is now the man of steel, Superman.
0: So I love those little origin things that I didn't remember. He wasn't, he was actually at an orphanage as a kid. He wasn't picked, you know, the, the Kents or whatever. It wasn't like they found him in the field type of a thing. And supposedly, I don't know if this is true, but supposedly that I did know he didn't always fly. Yeah. I know there was a point he just jumped really high. Right. But supposedly it was the Max Fleischer cartoon studio that said, listen, it's such a pain in the ass. They have to keep drawing him, flying, jumping over buildings. Can we just say he flies? And (laughs) Schuster and Seager are like, hey, all right, sure, (laughs) we'll do that. He can fly. And that's the reason why Superman flies. Yeah. Anyway, Anyway, coming up on May 16th, uh, they're putting out on Blu-ray the Max Fleischer Superman theatrical shorts. What's that? I
2: I hate to interrupt you. I just want to make sure you don't forget this time.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. We're good. I okay. appreciate the concern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, this is your warning. Okay. So Bill Hunt of the Digital Bits has reviewed this and said it's a nightmare. Okay. That it is DNR'd to death and it looks plastic and it looks horrible. And that is not good because I was all excited for this, Matt. Probably my favorite set of animation is the Superman shorts from the 40s. Mm. They are gorgeous if you've ever seen them so i am really disappointed but he says do not buy this demand that they correct them and put them out properly because they are horrendous and that is really disappointing so if you're looking at those max fleischer superman blu-ray disc i i guess hold off don't get it because it looks like it's pretty pretty bad pretty pretty bad so you're gonna hold off on that all right all right matt I mean, matt was concerned but let's let's make sure we do this right Number five, Matt. I know you're excited about this one. Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania is getting its physical media release. Get it from Best Buy. There's a steelbook. Walmart comes with a special enamel pin, and the Disney Movie Club has its own cover uh, as well. It includes a Dolby Atmos audio track and HDR presentation of the film. Gag reel, audio commentary, some featurettes, and two deleted scenes. Matt, are you picking up Ant-Man
2: three? I have to say no, which is a real, which is a real bummer for me because I really enjoyed the Ant-Man, the first two Ant-Man films, but. Yeah. I think just if I really have the urge to watch it, I'll watch it on Disney Plus.
0: All right, that's probably a wise policy. Coming up next, Four. Operation Fortune, Rose De Geer. the uh, <laughs> film from uh, Guy Ritchie. It's getting its physical media release. We did it about what a month ago, mm-hmm. if that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Statham, Aubrey Plaza, Carrie Ellis, uh, big big cast, and it's it's fine hmm it's fine mm-hmm. i'd rent it if you hadn't seen it or wait for it to hit a streaming service i would not buy it so that's i guess another warning
1: get three coffins ready uh
0: huh <laughs> jane campion's in the cut is coming in at number three it's a 20th anniversary uncut director's version of the film it's a movie starring jennifer jason lee meg ryan and mark ruffalo In Manhattan, Matt Franny Avery, she's an English teacher studying colloquial urban language. She witnesses a chance sexual situation involving a suspected murderer. When a charismatic detective comes to her apartment to interview her regarding a recent neighborhood murder, she finds him drawn towards him. Or she finds herself, I should say, drawn towards him. Although they are not sure if they can trust one another, Matt, she and the detective become lovers. Meanwhile, the mysterious murderer remains on the loose. So that's for you.
1: Looks like we're shy of one horse. <laughs> you brought too, too many.
0: Matt, 88 Films is releasing In the Line of Duty collection. This is uh, <laughs> duty. This is all four films. The Royal Warriors, Yes, Madam, In the Line of Duty 3, and then In the Line of Duty 4. These are the movies uh, starring um, Michelle Yeoh, and then for the first two films, and the second two are Cynthia Kahn, as well as uh, Cynthia Rothrock shows up as well. Um, but it wasn't until the third film too that they started using the in line of duty title. But they're basically just kind of classic um, martial arts films. So uh, you can buy this whole box set from eighty-eight films if you are a fan. Are you familiar with the uh, in line of duty movies? I am not. No. Okay. Well, you and I pick up the big box set. And finally, there can be only one. Criterion is releasing targets. Peter Bogdanovich's first film is getting released on Blu-ray. A quiet insurance agent slash Vietnam veteran, Matt, murders his young wife, his mother, and a grocery delivery boy at home and then initiates an afternoon shooting rampage from atop an L.A. oil, oil refinery. When the police shooting rampage—nope, why read the, second, the same line twice, Chris? It sounds bad. <laughs> when the police respond and start to close in on him, he flees and resumes his shootings at a Reseda drive-in theater where an aging film icon—I should say horror film of all kind, played by Boris Karloff—is making a final promotional appearance before his retirement— Brand new 2K restoration supervised by Bogdanovich. Audio commentary from O3. A new interview with filmmaker Richard Linklater. An introduction from the film from O3 by Bogdanovich. And more. And really, just as timely and depressing as all hell that Targets is being released now. And then, Matt, you're straight to DVD pick of the week. I'm going to go with a classic of the, I don't even know if I want to say B, C movie, D movie genre. Just an one of the greatest, best, worst action movies of all time. LA Wars is being released um, again by MVD. It was previously released in 2020 by vinegar syndrome who gave it a brand new 2K restoration Uh, that I think has since gone out of print and MVD has grabbed it. So you can buy it now with fewer special uh, features, but a lot cheaper when the war on the streets become personal, Matt, no one is safe. Guzman, a small time drug lord takes on Giovanni, the biggest mafia boss in LA igniting a war. It includes a brand new audio commentary with the producer, co-writer, and co-director Tony Kanda, a new video commentary with him as well, and then a couple interviews. Matt, what should we be streaming this week?
2: Well, speaking of Marina Bakalova, um, a film that has took a long time to hit streaming, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It's available on Fubo and Showtime, stars uh, Pete Davidson and Marina Bakalova, a bunch of other young up-and-coming stars and starlets. Basically, playing a bunch of 20 something awful people who are in a mansion hanging out, and they decide to play a game called Bodies, 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 where one of them is a killer and the rest of them are victims and they have to hide. And it turns out, takes a turn for the real, and shit starts getting real.
0: <laughs> yes. I, I, I rather enjoyed Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yeah, I liked it too. Uh, some people hated the ending. I don't know. I, I really rather enjoyed it, actually. The reveal of the murder was uh, pretty good. Pretty good. All right, man. Let's go ahead. And let's spend a few minutes and talk about the latest film in our heist marathon that is, of course, The Italian Job.
1: Charlie Crocker, I am dead. Hello, Roger. So I have arranged uh, for my widow to deliver some material to you in England. Yes, I got it. There, you must find the backing to do the job. You must, Charlie. Because it is a work of genius. Just think of it. A seat in chaos, a smash and grab raid, and four million dollars through a traffic jam. Hmm? Four million dollars? This is the city of Turin the industrial capital of Italy, the most modern Europe, famed for its architecture and soon I trust for the greatest robbery of the 20th century. <laughs> this is the Fiat Armored convoy. It leaves Turin airport every week. It never carries less than $4 million. I think we could take that over, Roger.
0: I think they can, Matt. Michael Caine stars in 1969's Nice an Italian Job, where he plays. <laughs> he's recently out of the hussle mat, and he's already got a new job lined up. He's got to put together a team to take down this uh, bullion that's being transferred through Italy, and it is. I okay. I did not anticipate or expect this movie to be rated G. Especially with the way it starts, there is no way that Michael Caine's character Charlie does not have at least gonorrhea, and I am being <laughs> uh, I'm being very generous with that. But uh, he, yeah, he has quite a few lady friends in this mm-hmm. one. But it's G; it's a G movie, Matt. And I guess because the violence isn't that intense, it's right. not, and it's and I think the big key, Matt, which I was not anticipating, because I'm familiar with like the poster for this, which is Caine. In the black, you know, overcoat with the sunglasses and the hat. And he's got the machine gun in his hand. And he's right. sitting in a chair looking all cool. I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be like a big action-y kind of heist film. And it's silly. It is. It is, time at times, downright silly. What are your thoughts on the Italian job? Were you able to roll
2: with it? Oh, boy. So, I had not seen this ever. My only thing I knew about it was the kind of legendary like end of climactic chase scene with the, the mini coopers. And yep. that's what I was here for. And I was expecting kind of a much more serious, you know, like you said, crime, bit of a, you know, a pulse pounding action film, or at least a crime film, something much more akin to what we got in Rafifi. And this thing is so much of its time that yes. it had me rolling my eyes so hard i was expecting mike myers and awesome powers to pop out at any second in this film because the fashions the the interior design the sensibility the the jokes all of this kind of really leaning into what the time would have been very cutting edge probably very chic and and Mm -hmm. hip mod culture in the 60s in london it just comes off so corny, like uh, I, a little bit. Whatever Noel Coward is doing with Mister Bridger, <laughs> like he's supposed to be this terrifying crime lord, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. There's a whole extended scene in the very beginning where Michael Caine breaks back into prison and interrupts Mister Bridger's morning constitutional, and that's played for laughs, and just yeah. Even at, so the end, even at the end, the whole walking through the prison given the, the queen wave and and just don't even get me started on the very ending. So the really the only highlight of this film for me is the mini Cooper Chase scene. And I loved that. I thought that was awesome. Everything else around it is... Yikes.
0: Alright, so I think that's part of it, Matt. You really have to accept that this film is part of its time. It is drowning... In mid to late 60s London pastiche, it really is. I thought, I didn't realize, because like you hadn't seen it before, that I think a whole bunch of those Austin Powers jokes are sourced from this movie, not James Bond films, from the Italian job, mm-hmm. all right? And it is, it, the film is pure cotton candy fluff. There's never any real stakes, even with its dramatic ending, it's a joke. And and that's the end of that, really. All right? I think the final heist part is fun. Uh, I like, like you did, the Mini Cooper stuff. Though I didn't quite get the point of going on top of that amphitheater just to all come (laughs) right back down again. I know they're trying to just stop the cop car from being out, I guess. But it's just... Part of me think it's maybe a little too cheeky for its own good. Uh, I did enjoy how civilized prison was. I like the fact that the crime lord, who's currently incarcerated, can basically just do whatever he wants, and he runs Mm -hmm. the entire prison. Like at one point where he has to meet... Michael kane's Charlie Croker out. He says, all right, well, I guess we got to go to a funeral. So they arrange a funeral so he'll get a pass, a leave to go. You know, there's lots of... Benny Hill is in this, oh, for God. Pete's sake. Yeah. And they have this running gag where he likes, we'll say, fuller women. Mm-hmm. And he, like, assaults a couple of them uh, for his own gratification, though all it's right. played off as a gag. And there's one thing where they speed up one of the women's voices yes. with some helium. I just... Oh, boy. And here's the thing. As we said, the chase and the the heist are great. I think Michael Caine in this is great. I had a lot of fun with him in this role, which is weird because, like you, I was going... So one of my favorite crime films, Matt, and I just got this last week. I have not a chance to watch it yet, is the uh, BFI 4K of Mike Hodges' Get Carter, Mm. the original one. And I cannot wait to watch it. And... So I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get like a, like a get Carter-esque type thing. No, not at all. Not, not even remotely, but I didn't hate it. No, I didn't hate it. I hated parts of it. There were certain Mm -hmm. things about it. I hated. And especially at the end, when I turned this off after watching it with the way the film ends, well, I don't know why we're not talking about the movies, what 50 years old, 60 years old. And everybody knows who knows the film knows the ending. Where the, the bus with all the gold is teetering off the side of a cliff. And they just kind of end it. Which is, oh, i have a great idea, fellas. And then the movie ends. Right. I at first hated that. Yeah. I was like, F you. But then I slept on it. I've been thinking about it. I'm like, no, it's fine. It goes totally with the rest of the film, man It totally does. And in the end, I think if you can kind of just accept the film for what it is, that is such an artifact of its time. that And it's just, just it, prepare yourself. it's silly i gave the italian job a b
2: yeah um i can't get on board with that at all i just couldn't i just couldn't get on the same wavelength as this movie when the 50th time i heard that we're the self preservation society plays like i really wanted to put my own eardrums out because oh yeah it's it's not even i don't even know how that applies to what's going on on screen um and just the the putting the hat on the hat of they're ending on a literal cliffhanger, just like Mm -hmm. I was done. I'm done. I'm done with all this. So yeah, I'm going to give it a C. I understand that my modern sensibilities are not all a part of this kind of what at the time I'm sure was very hip. Um, Yeah. It's not timeless. It's not timeless at all. It is a time capsule. Oh no. For the worse.
0: (laughs) I would agree. It is not timeless in any capacity. Uh, Especially Paramount Plus has greenlit a TV or at least a a series sequel Mm. that focuses on Croker's grandkids. From what I understand, the gold disappears. Um, I think at one point that Kane had said that what what happens is they all go to the front of the bus and he turns on the engine and runs it so that the gas empties out. Mm -hmm. So then the bus kind of shifts back up again. So they all run out of the bus, and then the bus eventually falls off the cliff and goes down. And the gold is in the lake thing. I don't know. But the series will be them trying to, his grandkids trying to track down the gold and what happened to it type okay. of thing. So, I don't know. That's, you know, if the driver had a,
2: just slowed down, that would, none of this would have happened. I mean, he was flying it down like a Gran Turismo course or something on a bus.
0: Well, I think, yeah, because they were all celebrating. You know, and which is what you would do when you've gotten away with a gigantic heist. You would you wouldn't drive normally to not draw draw attention to yourself. Right. You would go nuts and have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, no, that was weird too. I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when that was happening I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> this is so stupid. But I still I I, I think that chase scene I uh, think and Kane are enough uh, they're just enough Matt the Italian Job is currently streaming on Paramount Plus as well as Hoopla and Canopy so if you have a library card you can check them out that way as well uh, if you got a chance to see it we'd love to hear your thoughts show us an email at feedback at com. Matt let's close out the big show and share our casting choices for James Gunn's DCU reboot
1: let me tell you about this guy I know Jack mean kid, bad seed, hurt people. I like him already.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, the problem was, he got sloppy. You know, crazy. He started to lose it. He had a head full of bad wiring, I guess. Couldn't keep it straight up here.
2: He was the kind
0: of guy who couldn't hear the train till it was two feet
1: from
0: you know what happened to this guy jack
2: what made mistakes and then
1: he had a now you want to get nuts come on let's get nuts
0: matt i remember i was it's 1989 so when, when batman comes out And I think they announced it in 88 that Michael Keaton had been cast as Batman. Mm -hmm. And I am a uh, robust um, 13. And there was no internet back then, keep in mind too. But there was still uh, an outcry over Michael Keaton as Batman. Mm -hmm. And that's why I never really question, for the most part, casting choices anymore. Because sometimes if everything works, it works. So that's another thing too. I bought that 4K set for Black Friday, and I've yet to crack that sucker open.
2: <laughs> Shock I, that it's you're usually I, right on top of getting that I, stuff open and watched.
0: I do want to watch it again though. The first two films, mm. I would like to at least watch those two. I think it, man, what am I going to do? It was like it was like 12.99 or something like that for all four of them. What am that's I going to do?
2: I mean, they're they're basically. They're basically giving it away at that
0: point, Chris. Exactly. It would be insulting for mm-hmm. me not to have purchased it. So how do you want to do this? So then we're going to run down Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern. Um, I didn't mention Aquaman because no. I, don't, I don't care about Aquaman. Yeah. And then we have a wild card, That's which right. is a character Matt and I can get whoever we want to see. Sure. So do we start with soups and just end with the wild card? Yeah. Just go down?
2: So. I think so, yeah.
0: All right. Start us off then. Who is your choice for Superman? <clears throat>
2: All right, so this one I really struggled with because Superman has to have a vibe, and one kind of all of the leading men that I kind of thought of with this are all getting kind of old. So you got to almost go really young, and I they have to be. You need somebody in your twenties. Yeah, you do need somebody in your twenties. You need somebody with a physical presence. So they, I'm got to be six two or, or taller for yep. me. Uh, they got to be able, even if they're not bulky now, have the frame where they could put on some weight if they needed to. Um, And I didn't know who the hell that would be. I honestly didn't know. So I kind of cheated on just this one. I kind of looked Mm -hmm. it up to see what people were talking about. As did I. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess this kid, uh, David Corn Sweat, is the one that everybody seems to like. Um, He's 6'4". You know, got the square jaw, rugged handsomeness. He's actually an American, so that's a plus. Went to Juilliard. Um, I guess he is, uh, he was on, a, I think, a TV show. But again, this is a young kid that I know next to nothing about. I don't know if he was on Euphoria or something like that, um, which I've never seen. But apparently he's he's the frontrunner. Oh, he's in Pearl. He's also in Pearl. Yeah, I was going to say, he's in yeah. Pearl.
0: He's 29, it looks like. He's six four. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I guess, he's good. I, I think he's good. But my choice for Superman is another guy, too. I had the same problem with putting this list together. I was like, man, I am so old now. I have no idea kind of who the young up-and-coming talent really is anymore. Right. I, I don't.
2: Just really concerning. In fact, considering that we, we watch a movie podcast. So I don't know what that, that says more about Hollywood or it says more about us.
0: <laughs> I think what it is, I'm just, I it's like, We watch new stuff for the show. Yeah. But I'm not as ingrained in it as I used to be. Right. Because I don't know if it's personal stuff or I'm more just I keep re watching all stuff that I love. It's like the music thing, right? What is it you stop really taking in new artists in your what late twenties or early thirties or something like that and then you Mm -hmm. kind of just lock in what you listen to? Yeah. I mean there's some expansion, but for the most part you're kinda in at that point. Either way, my guy, Matt, look this cat up and tell me he does not look like a a good Superman. Wolfgang Novogratz. (laughs) Look at this cat up. All right. He is 26. He is 6'3". Okay. He's got the jaw already and he's got the hair. I think he's our guy. Now, I can see Corn Sweat, which is a horrible, horrible name, Corn Sweat, but that's (laughs) fine. Wolfgang Novogratz is a much stronger name, I think. He's from uh, Manhattan. I, I just like the kid's look. Mm. I think he can do it. Okay. So uh, that's my my call for Superman. You know what?
2: So I'm fine with that. I mean, who was Henry Cavill before Superman? Really? I mean, he wasn't somebody that I knew intimately. And here we are. Yep.
0: There you go. All right. So I'll go first with Batman. We'll just alternate back and forth. Okay. And here's where I get start. To, I, I don't know if I start to get lazy, but I'm going Nicholas Holt. Okay. I think Holt's been up for a bunch of things a few times, and he's never really gotten it. And I, like, I would have been up on board with him as uh, James Bond. Mm-hmm. I would be okay with him. I think he was in the running, actually, for Batman with um, uh, the Robert Pattinson one. Whoever directed that. Matt I Reeves. Can't remember who that was. Matt Reeves, thank you. He, it was between Holt and Pattinson. Right. And then Reeves went with Pattinson. And I would like to see Holt in the role. I think he can do it. I think he, he can do dark. He can do brooding. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So I would go with Holt. I'd like All to right. see him get a shot.
2: All right. Interesting pick. So I think I want my Batman to be older. And I mm-hmm. want him to have a little more grizzle, a few more years, a little more, you know, wear on the old tread. So would just live, had that. But we also have the, the super young Batman and the Reeves Batman, which is not going anywhere. But Holt's 33. He's right in that sweet spot. Nah. Nah. Okay. This is who I would want. I think Sterling K. Brown would be a fantastic Batman. I think he's got the gravitas to pull it off. I -hmm. think he's not super old, but he's in his, you know, he's in his 40s, maybe late 30s, 40s. Um, I think he's got a lot more, you know, if you're going to go like a super young Superman, I think you need that kind of balancing of the kind of... More, see, more experience, more seen it all, Batman. Not as kind of late career as we had the, the Affleck one, but I think I think it could be interesting.
0: He's forty seven, man. He's a year younger than me.
2: Wow. Um, I
0: like though, and I don't know you got to be careful, man. You go woke, you go broke. Um, that's what the kids <laughs> say, the fascist kids say that. Yeah, that's, that's what the fascist
2: kids say. Yeah. <laughs> Punk idiots.
0: All right. Um, yeah, it's a good pick. I think. I just think he's too old, man. I want to lock in somebody for a good ten years, right? And I know it's movies; You can do whatever. I mean, Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones. So what the hell am I talking about?
2: But yeah, dude. So a, just a side note: those D8. I saw the the new trailer with him de-aged in it. Those, it's crazy how good he looks. It looks yes. crazy how good he looks.
0: Yeah, they did a really good job on that. Mm-hmm. that so yeah, I was impressed with that one too. Yeah, that's good. Now I mean, that's fine. I just still, I mm, okay. Go ahead.
2: All right. So my Wonder Woman. Again, I struggled with this a little bit. You know what? Actually, I lied. I immediately thought of one name, so I'm just gonna go with it. I'm on board the Betty Gilpin train so much right now. I, I like Betty Gilpin a lot. Um, I've been watching some of her interviews. I've been watching her new show. I think she's uh, really funny. I think she's obviously very tall and statuesque. I think she can yep. do the physical stuff like she did in Glow. So I, I'm all in on Betty Gilpin as Wonder Woman.
0: That is a great pick. I may even like it more than mine. Uh, The first thing that popped in my head when I thought about this was Grace Caroline Curry, Mm. who plays Mary Marvel in the Shazam films. Okay. But I think she could translate easily over into that role. Uh, So, I don't know. What's she coming in at height-wise? I don't know if they have her height. They have the height for the men, but not for the women. What is that about? (laughs) Unbelievable. But I think she would be good i I don't know i I feel like I could see her. oh, she was in that movie fall I did not know that five seven all right whatever oh wait, here now here she's five five make up your mind internet mm. I have another one at five seven celebheights dot com well that's gotta be legit so yeah
2: Celebheights.com.
0: <laughs> better than better than celeb dot com mm. or whatever. So, um, yeah, Grace Caroline Curry is... no oh, Dark Horse for me, too, as well. Melissa Barrera.
2: Mm, okay.
0: In the Scream reboot. Yeah. I like her a lot, too. I think she could do something with it. Uh, I, In between the two of them, if I had to choose one, I guess I go Curry. But
2: I don't know, though. Maybe Barrera is the way to go. Yeah, I could see that. I think she would be better than Curry.
0: Yeah, you might be right about it. I've talked myself into it. Mm. Melissa Barrera is your new Wonder Woman. Thank mm. you, Matt.
2: You're, right. <laughs> You're welcome.
0: All right, so is it my turn?
2: Uh, Yes. Flash? Although, Barrera's got to emote a little bit better than she did in those Scream films. That's for sure.
0: Didn't hurt Gal Gadot.
2: Mm. True. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> all right, my Flash is a guy I I think is fun and charming. And I'm going to go with Dylan O'Brien. Okay. I think, Uh, I don't know if they're going to recast Ezra Miller. I think they will, maybe, after they get through this. I think they're just kind of holding on with gritted teeth to kind of get through this release. And then we'll go from there though. Unless of course he does his apology tour, gets into some therapy, gets on some medication, whatever, you know, then maybe he can start his cult and everything will be fine. (laughs) But, um, I like Dylan O'Brien a lot in love and monsters Mm -hmm. and I'd like to see him in more stuff. And I feel like he'd be good as the flash because I think he can do fun. He can do funny and uh also he's got some gritty determination in him so dylan o'brien is my flash
2: all right so i'm gonna go with uh joseph quinn who plays eddie in the last season of stranger things um i just think he would bring kind of a like a wide-eyed gee whiz uh kind of element to it i think he's pretty He could bring the humor but he could also bring some of the you know seriousness when he needs to but i think he would be a good foil to kind of the rest of the cast in this kind of MC- or dcu uh gods uh, uh lineup that we got going on here
0: mm, i haven't seen that last season yet so i had no idea who that was i would <laughs> look him up real fast
2: yeah it's, a, it's okay i guess it'd be fine <laughs> well how can you say that if you haven't seen the guy in anything
0: i just his look i think he looks like a cool guy no, okay. That's Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. I can grab a beer with that guy. All
2: right, cool.
0: He's always smiling in all his pictures. So
2: yeah, I mean that seems to fit for Barry, right?
0: There you go. I'm more a Wally West guy. Don't mm. get me started on that. Mm-hmm. They should have kept him. They should have kept Barry dead. It was a stupid thing to do. The one superhero never came back, Matt. Until he did. Yeah. Who's your Green Lantern? And which Green Lantern are you going with? Are You going Hal? Are you going? Uh, um, Stewart, you go and guy gardner who are you going with your green lantern
2: so this is where i'm this is where i'm gonna really go out there i don't think you go with any of them i don't think green lantern really needs to be like a person because there's so many of them you've got kyle you've got hal jordan you've got john stewart you know guy gardner the whole idea is a, a green lantern core so i think you bring in a new one and you kind of introduced the, you know, the kind of gamut of Green Lanterns that you see there in some of those guys. So I would like to see uh, Reggie Jean-Page as, as Green Lantern, as like mm-hmm. the new up and coming Green Lantern.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know. Part of me still thinks he's still only running for James Bond, though there were the rumors that Aaron Taylor Johnson was the next Bond. Yeah, they just were waiting for them to announce it. And I still think he'd be a great pick. But uh, Richard jean Page, I think, would be a great bond. So I, I don't know. But I went with my boy John Boyega as John Stewart mm-hmm. in Green Lantern. I don't know if he wants to get involved in another franchise again. I would not be surprised if he does not. Yeah. But uh, still, I'm uh, I'm on the uh, John Boyega train for John Stewart.
2: All right. Um, all right. So then, I guess you you give us your wild card, and I have so many honorable mentions as well. But I've got my wild card
0: set. I did not do any honorable mentions because I was so scared mm. of not being able to think of anybody else for anything Okay. <laughs> that I, uh, I didn't do it. Okay. So, uh, but that's fine. We can run with you and I can critique your picks cause okay. that's what I like to do. All right. Sounds good. So fresh off the screen way of screen movie, as well as avatar, the way of water. I have selected Jack champion to play Jack Knight Starman. Hmm.
2: I don't even know why I'm surprised that you brought out the Starman.
0: <laughs> I've been a Starman kick lately. You know what I did? You know why? Because I uh, I recently changed my Twitter avatar to Jack Knight again. Okay. I seem to do that once in a while, but I I, I pulled the trigger on the DC Universe Infinite. Okay. Because I was going back and forth on a couple things. One of them was getting a Nintendo Switch because I wanted to play GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. But I can't justify spending $300 on a Switch or 350 on a Switch OLED or yeah. OLED as the kids call it. Yeah. But then you got to pay 50 bucks for the season pass to access GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. So now I'm $400 in to play one game. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's like two, three games I've purchased for the PS4 I haven't even touched yet. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. So, uh, and then I was going back and forth on uh, some other stuff. And in the end, I'm like, you know what? Let's try DC Infinite. Mm-hmm. So I started rereading Hellblazer from the beginning. And I have started reading, reading, of course, my beloved Starman.
2: Very nice. I actually, uh, yeah, about uh, six months ago, I I restarted my Marvel Unlimited and my DC Infinite. I was like, you know what? I can pay 120 bucks for a year's yeah. worth of entertainment. That That works for me. So, yeah, it was a good choice. There you go. all right so my wild card then is um i also like nicholas holt and i also would like to see him into this into the dcu mm-hmm. i think he would make a better dick grayson i think he would be an excellent nightwing as a foil to he a, would be a a older batman or at least a more experienced batman than you've got nightwing doing his thing and then you could do later on as this thing continues where they switch um you know where they, that's a
0: much better idea than mine i hate you <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so I think I've I think it'd be a lot of fun to see Nightwing on on screen. Um, you know, and uh, I think Nicholas Holt is the one to do it. That's a good call. What okay. else you got? All I right. wanted to
0: do Specter, but I couldn't come up with anybody. I put uh... so
2: m- m- literally my next one is the Specter. John Hamm as the Specter.
0: No, no, no. He's too. Yeah, listen, I haven't watched Mad Men, <laughs> but I feel like. Everything I've seen him in since I haven't seen Madman is he's he's not only too good looking, but he's too cool and he's too funny. He's too kind of, you know. You don't think the I man know. has
2: range? You don't think he could be ominous and threatening? I
0: don't know if I'd buy that. I think he's just too impossibly handsome. To... But
2: when he's, when he's walking around in his green uh, tights and his white body paint?
0: First off, he doesn't have tights. He basically just has underwear. On well, that's green. what I
2: meant. I did. I wasn't gonna call them tidy Whities, but they're obviously boxer briefs. They're tidy greenies. Is what they're. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah. I don't. Hmm. I'm not. I don't like that one. You don't like keep that going. One. Okay. All right. I so it.
2: I would like Doctor Fate to come back, even though I thought Pierce yep. Brosnan was great for it. Yeah. Fassbender as Doctor Fate?
0: Nah. Excuse the magneto. No, I I just have Brosnan do it. Again. Yeah, I don't think there's a point. I mean, he dies anyway. Well, they got to... right or something. They're gonna reincarnate him. There's no way. Or there's something. no. Way,
2: get, there's no way Brosnan's coming back. There's no way. You think he's gonna commit to to ten years of doing that? No way. Nah, yeah, no. Yeah, you're right. He's or, absolutely he's not, not. No. So fine. You can you can poo poo Fast better, but
0: you know what? Then we'll get Daniel Craig. We'll just do another Bond. We'll have him do it. <laughs>
2: I don't know. I don't think so. I think he needs to be charming. I think I think uh, Craig has, has me too convinced that he's uh, you know. A second away from being a brutal murderer, whereas, you know, Fastbender, I think, could play that bit of that uh, aloofness that you could, I think, you would need.
0: What about Kit Harrington as a specter?
2: Yeah, that could work, I guess. I
0: don't know if I like it. I changed my mind. Ahead, I don't know if going. I like
2: Kit Harrington for any of these, to be quite honest with you. Um,
0: well, he's already know. the Black Knight, anyway, right? So. Yeah, he
2: is. Um, All right, so if we were going to have an Aquaman just based on looks. It's going to be Ryan Gosling. So, I mean, and that you can't argue with me about because he looks just like him. Um, if you want to go Arthur Curry. Um, Martian Manhunter. Oscar Isaac Martian Manhunter.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, I could see Oscar Isaac as a Spectre. Hmm. That I like. I don't like him as Martian Manhunter. See,
2: I did have him as the Spectre, but and that, I, w- I thought it was way too close to Moon Knight. He's basically playing the same character. I get, well,
0: no, but okay. You're welcome to think that, Weirder. Um, I would think that Martian Manhunter should be played by an actor of color, though. I think we should continue that tradition. Why? Because he's green? I'm yeah, that's exactly why. No, I just <laughs> like the... I don't know. I, that Sterling K. Brown with that voice would be a good Martian. I like to have... I need a, a, a Martian Manhunter with some deep bass. I need some... You know. I don't know. Like, I don't want a Patton Oswald as a Martian Manhunter. No offense, Patton.
2: All right. So then, these are my, and then of course I have to get my boy John Constantine in here. So I have three down yeah. here, and let me see what you think. Okay. So Dan Stevens is the layup. It looks like him for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, then I thought maybe a Colin Farrell could do it, but then my dark horse, the one that I actually secretly think would be the best, would be John Boyega as as John Constantine.
0: Oh, that's good. Oh Th- poop! That's I think good. he could he
2: could play like the younger John Constantine because he's got that kind of. You know, rake, rapscallion, kind of sinister, little, but charming at the same time. I think he could pull it yeah. off really well.
0: Ah, oh, crap! That's great. All right, here's what I'm doing: <laughs> I'm swapping out John Ham for Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. I'm making John Boyega uh, John Constantine.
2: Yeah, John Ham would be a good Hal Jordan, that's for sure.
0: All right. Wow, we did it. That's great. I mm-hmm. feel very happy now.
2: Good. Good. So, everybody, tell me, you know, give us some feedback. Tell me how I'm right on everything. And Chris is sort of right at best.
0: Yeah, I don't think I did a good job here. I think you're right about that. Disappointed in myself. Because DC is my, my, my go-to. That's my thing.
2: That's your jam, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. Now you got to figure out what, 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 which, what DC stuff should I read that's not classic. Like, I stop reading stuff. Man, what was the last thing I really read the DCU before I stopped reading comics? Was it I? What was the is it Identity Crisis or Infinite Crisis? The one with Doctor Light and the elongated man's wife Sue did. I don't know. That was screwed up. And they memory wiped him, and Mm -hmm. then everybody got you know about. Satana did that. I think that was the last thing I read.
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought you know. I don't know. Just look it up. I mean, uh, you you know, I thought the Court of the
0: Owls is supposed to be good, right?
2: Oh yeah, Court of the Owls is really good. Yeah, it's really good. I haven't read that. You haven't read that? Okay. You know, I liked the Dial H for Hero. That was really weird, and it's not a really long run. Um, but it's it's kind of wild and out there. It was a lot of fun.
0: I hear like the 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 new Fifty Two was just a disaster. It was was a reboot of nothing for Mm -hmm. no reason. They just abandoned it after like a year or two.
2: Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But you got some, you know blissed you know, blessedly short runs on stuff that you can kind of read it all and self-contained. I mean, the good stuff is, you know, maybe few and far between, but it is pretty fun.
0: Another thing too, I wonder is, is uh, Mark Wade's run on the Flash with Wally West. That was one of that's what actually what first got me back into comics after not the reading them from when I was a little kid, and then my buddy Roger in college was reading comics. And he was gushing about Mark Wade's flash run. So I picked that up, and I fell in love with it. It was fantastic. Mm. And had that great art with Mike Loringo and Sal Oroca and Carlos Pacheco. All those guys. It was fantastic. And then Jeff Johns took over from Wade, and that was that classic run with Scott Collins. Mm. So um, I thought about revisiting those, too. But I want to read stuff I haven't read before. Yeah. Not just you know, focus on Hellblazer, I think, for now. With Starman, and then find something new. So I'll maybe I'll start with Court of the Owls because I do like me a good Batman story. That's a good one. And I think there's rumors that, that Reeves is going to
2: focus on that for the next film. So, okay. well, it's about time. Everybody kind of brings it up as a, one of the things to be adapted.
0: So there you go. What are your favorites, folks? Who would you cast as your favorite DC heroes? Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun dot Matt, what should we, uh, what should we, what will we be discussing next week?
2: Uh, so we'll be catching up with the, the hypnotism movie, Hypnotic. And our our next, uh, run in the heist films is Dog Day Afternoon as we move into the seventies.
0: Nice. Sidney Lumet, man, I've wanted to see that so many times and I have not watched it. So, uh, though I understand it's not so much maybe focusing on the heist part of the heist film, but, uh. Either way, so um, we'll definitely uh, be back with all that next week. In the meantime, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Do a search for The First Run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually, you'll find us. Head over to com. You can find archives of all the old shows. Man, I was pulling stuff, looking to to stuff today, like the Guardian stuff. Sound quality for those is not good, folks. Just giving you a warning on some of those. <laughs> and then, But you can see the report card as well and a bunch more. And then head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. It'll help other people find the show and i think that's it so uh we're going to take an extended break we love you very much take care of yourselves and we will see you soon
1: (laughs) right ain't over yet my man